Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abebefe, on VSIN. Sports Betting Network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside my man Michael Lombardi, who has made the cross-country trip back to I New Jersey, it. the great state, I the garden it. state. Buddy, how we do it on this Friday morning? We're good. We're good. I was so happy when I crossed Route 9 <laughs> last night. It's about quarter to six. I was delighted. I mean, feel good. It's good to be home. You know, it's good to be back. I haven't seen my man Bill Berman. He took the day off from work. He's not working in here. So, you know, other than that, it's all good. I'm good to get my house. Good to, you know, good to be back in the garden state. So, I missed you. Enjoyed it. Yeah. I loved all the hospitality, but I like my commute, and uh, I'm I'm excited to be back. It was an interesting. It was a good trip. It was smooth and easy. Yeah. No, I was walking by uh, Barry's earlier this morning. There was a sign up saying, "Where's Michael Lombardi?" They hadn't seen you in about yeah, a week. Yeah. Michael's so. gonna miss Barry's. There's no <laughs> doubt. Michael's gonna miss Barry's. He's gonna miss Barry. Barry, what a great host. And you know, uh, I'm in. I enjoyed my time there. I'm gonna miss Sinatra's too. Uh, mm. You know, but you know, I'll be back. Hopefully, I can fly the next time instead of driving. <laughs> but uh, other than that, it'll be. It's great. I'm looking forward to it. It's good, and I got to enjoy. You know, I, I mean, let me set the stage mm-hmm. for you. The, Please the, do. You know, game, Monday night, uh, I'm in Denver, Colorado. I drove from – I started after the show on Sunday. I made it to a little town in Utah, you know, and then the next day I drove to Denver. Beautiful drive through the Colorado Rockies. I mean, what an unbelievable view. And I got into my hotel room to watch my team without their the MVP – you know, play really well and beat them. And then the next night when I drove to, I was the two nights later, I'm in Dayton. Now the MVP returns because mm-hmm. gosh, you know, he's, you know, and we lose by 30 and somebody's yet to explain how that happens to me. And I feel like you being the great defense attorney that you are, you could explain how getting the MVP back on your team causes your team to get blown out. I, I don't, I'm trying to struggle with this. You know what? I can't even defend this one because I actually bet the Sixers with the anticipation that Embiid was returning. Oh my God. So I took the plus I took the plus 10. No, you did not. You I didn't. Took... I can't believe you did that. No. I took no, the plus 10. I, I promise you, if I was a betting man, I would have taken everything I own. 
<laughs> nothing that I would give to my grandchildren, I would have betted on the Celtics to blow. I mean, there was no doubt. Like yeah. to me, to me, they would have been better off. You know, it, I could just tell they they went up there to win one game. They won one mm-hmm. game, and that was it. They're going to come back home. And once he went back on the court, it was the it was as I told Thomas Gable, I have it written on a text. It was the easiest bet you could ever make. That wasn't even going to be close. And I bet Howard Eskin, who we're going to have later on in the mm-hmm. show, would agree with me. No, we, we are going to have Howard Eskin coming up in 30 minutes. Host over at 94 WIP in Philadelphia, also contributor to Fox 29 in the city of brotherly love. Also, an hour from now, Vinny Maiulo, Hall of Fame odds maker at the South Point Hotel and Casino, will talk to us about the NBA, NHL, and also the Kentucky Derby, which will be going on tomorrow at Churchill Downs. The most electric and fastest two minutes in sports that will be happening later on tomorrow. We'll get Vinny's thoughts on that. Then Matt Manicharian, your buddy, Michael Lombardi, VP of Football and Data Analytics at Sports Info Solutions, also a former NFL scout, will join us 90, or rather uh, 75 minutes from now over at 10.15 West Coast time, 1.15 over on the East Coast. But here, let me defend myself here about the Philadelphia 76ers bet at plus 10. So I made the bet just, and, and sometimes it's betters. I think that we get too in the weeds with the numbers and forget about the situational spot and also the motivational factors as well. Because like you said, Philadelphia, their job and the objective was to go ahead, go to Boston, get one game, get back home and get home court advantage. And they accomplished that to their credit. However, I looked at the line and knowing that Embiid was likely to return in game two, I said, all right, well, Celtics right now are laying 10. The number is not going to close 10 with Embiid on the floor because it's going to factor in getting the MVP back, as we all discussed. So I took plus 10. The game, I believe, closed seven or so. So as betters, we always ask and, and, and search for that closing line value, which I had. But sometimes that closing line value means absolutely nothing as it did the other night there with the Sixers getting blown off the floor. I watched the game for about 10 minutes, Michael, and I said, Oh, this is going to go poorly for me. I went out, yeah. just decided to barbecue at our local uh, little barbecue thing in our apartment, and then just came back to check the score on my phone uh-huh. and said, yep, glad I missed that one. <laughs> I told Millie before the game started, we will be watching Netflix by the third quarter. <laughs> and we were watching Netflix by the third quarter. Yeah. We, You know, that's the great thing about hotel rooms. You can go to Netflix now, you know, <laughs> so I went to Netflix. I knew it was going to happen. Like, I, I mean, I, I mean, people think I'm Debbie Downer. I know this team. Like, tonight's going to be a hard game for them. It's going to be a hard one. It's mm-hmm. going to be a mentally tough game. It's going to be a game where we'll see the health of, of Embiid. Can he get up and down the court? But they look so out of rhythm in terms of when he returned. Mm-hmm. Their offense, they didn't, they didn't pass the ball at all. And then I love Doc. Doc, when he put the subs in in the fourth quarter, I mean, I, I guess Doc must have left. He, he stopped coaching. He must have because uh, they didn't really need him in that third quarter where they got absolutely destroyed in that game. Here, Game three coming up later on tonight. We'll get into our thoughts on that game coming up a little bit later in hour number two. So I made the mistake, Michael, the other night betting the Sixers at plus 10, but I corrected that mistake by taking the Golden State Warriors. I bet them four and a half at open. They ended up closing seven with the motivational factor, and you could see it just based on how game one played out. It's like, oh, they're going to blow them out in game two. Golden State, too much pedigree. Too much pride. They even up the series last night, running away from the Lakers. I mean, the substitution of putting Green in replace of Looney, I thought was really smart. Mm-hmm. You know, they were able to, you know, they could use Looney. Wiggins had an incredible game. Even though he had 11 points, he was plus 35 on the court. So, for me, it was, you know, it was really uh, – 
an impressive game. And again, hard now uh, that you're back on the East Coast to watch these games. But mm. uh, yeah, I, I thought that was a smart move by Kerr. I think the Lakers kind of know how to pace themselves. I got a feeling, though, Femi, I think this is going to go seven. I really do. You know, I thought that heading into this series, but I'm just worried about this Lakers team, given the fact that this series has to be played every other day. Pace themselves, I think, is a great way to put it, because last night you could see that there were a little bit of cruise control. Like, they obviously wanted to win the game and be competitive, but once the Warriors made that extra run, especially to start the yeah. second half. That's when the Lakers were like, all right, we're, we're probably cooked in this game. Let's go ahead, conserve our guys, get ready for game number three. We Mission accomplished. We get the split. Now we can go back to Los Angeles with home court advantage. Yeah, I got the sense of that. You know, I think and, and that uh, what's wrong with that logic? Like, I mean, if it's close, I mean, the Sixers did the same thing. And the once that got to be a blowout, which, mm-hmm. you know, as I said, when I went to Netflix, I mean, <laughs> I went to Netflix when they were down 12. You know, I didn't wait till they <laughs> got down chance. 30. <laughs> I knew it was over. So I, I, it's going to be the adjustment now to the next game, right? Like, what? How does? How do they handle this next game? What do they do? Does the Warriors have a recipe, or does Derek Ham have an answer for the shift and how they're going to play it? And look, anytime the anytime the Warriors shooting fifty percent from the three point line, they're going to be hard to beat. I mean, they shot. They they missed six free throws yesterday. I mean, so when you look at it that way and you break it down, when they shoot this well, they're a hard team to beat. And they don't turn the ball over. They still had 15 turnovers, but it's a lot less than what they are typically been doing. Yeah, Clay Thompson last night, 30 points. He made eight three-pointers. It looked like vintage Clay Thompson just comes off those screens. It's so pure the way he shoots the basketball. And uh, he did it really well last night against the Lakers. For game three, which is tomorrow night, over at Crypto.com Arena, the Lakers are three-point favorites on the consensus line. There's some three-and-a-halves out there in the market, total around 227. We'll get into that also a little bit later tomorrow when we break down the game. But who do you think wins this series? Because I'm looking at the series price over at BetMGM, or rather at DraftKings, and the Warriors right now are minus 115, the Lakers minus 105. So the betting market can't really decide, giving a slight yeah, nod to is- Golden State. I think it's going to go seven. I really do. I think it's going to go seven. And look, everything's wide open. I mean, other than I mean, the best team right now playing the best ball is is Denver. I yeah. mean, we got a we got a must win for Phoenix to, tonight too with with the Nuggets series. I mean, I thought Denver would. You know, I'm shocked. I'm, I'm really shocked. Two things shocked me this playoffs. And B got hurt, and Chris Paul got hurt. Though that, that, I never saw those two things coming. Who could have seen it coming? Based on I mean, past history. I mean, this movie, we've seen this movie before. Yeah. You know, we've seen it before. It's going to be challenging. Yeah, and it's unfortunate. Chris Paul, I mean, suffered the groin injury. He's already been ruled out for game number three. But despite Chris Paul not playing, the betting market still loves Phoenix in this spot. I wanted to bet Phoenix in this spot because I thought that just based on the rest, because their guys, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, are logging so many minutes. You guys are playing like 43, 44 minutes in these playoffs games dating back to that first round series against the Clippers. I thought having that extra rest, having going from Monday to now Friday for game three. I thought that's going to be really advantageous for Phoenix. Maybe I'll still play it laying four. I didn't get the best of it. There were some threes out there when the initial uh, report of Chris Paul not playing this game. But despite Chris Paul not being on the floor, I like Phoenix to come back and bounce back. This is a absolute must-win situation for them, given the fact that they got the rest. I think they get it done against Denver tomorrow, or rather tonight, I should say. Yeah, tonight. I mean, I mean, look. Let's face it; these game threes are pivotal. I mean, it, the, tonight it's pivotal for Philadelphia too. Yeah. I mean, they've got to find a way to 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 get to to can maintain home court. 
you know, and if you get game two, if, if Denver goes to three love, it's all the series is over. It's hard to win four in a row in the NBA. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is. But I think Denver's playing really well right now. I think Denver is, as JVT said earlier, they're the better team and they're playing like it. Yeah, it's also hard to be a coach in the NBA. Mike Budenholzer, the Milwaukee Bucks yeah. coach, was fired yesterday. He is now, and this note from our producer, Elliot Bowman, is now the third coach of the last four coaches to win an NBA title to no longer be with his teams. Frank Vogel, Mike Budenholzer, Nick Nurse, all dismissed from their jobs. Yeah, I mean, look, you could see this coming. Uh, I mean, there was a little bit of a year. The year he actually won won the title. Yeah. He was on the hot seat that he year. He's been on this hot seat quite a bit, whether it's his, you know, and then he admits that he should have called timeout and advanced the ball. I mean, you know, look, it, it, sometimes the messaging, Femi, I think over time gets caught up. Now, it hasn't happened to Kerr. It hasn't happened to, to uh, you know, a lot of other coaches in the league. But I think, uh, you know, th- th- it's a little bit difficult, especially when you're making mistakes and the players see it. Yeah, it's a tough end of the season for the Milwaukee Bucks as it's probably deemed a failure despite what they say after their loss. We're just getting warmed up here on the Lombardi line. We'll get to the NFL coming up next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the lombardi line with former nfl executive michael lombardi now here is your host Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VEASAN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Check the top VEASAN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI and see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. For VEASAN Pro picks, betting splits, Power ratings plus 24-7 video access. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now for only $9.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Michael Lombardi. Uh, Lombardi, you, you warm in there? 
uh, how, how you doing? Because the, the temperature out here in the Circus Studios, buddy, we, we've cranked it down. We're back to 64. Oh, I'm sure you have. No, I'm very comfortable here. I'm very comfortable here. I, I hope you crank it as far down as you'd like to. I was only sick the entire time I was out in Las Vegas. I mean, I still have a cold from it, but that's okay. We're good. Hey, I, I, the other thing I would encourage everybody to do, because I, I really love the Derby, and if you really – if you search online – to try to get a lot of derby information, it's really not very good. Mm -hmm. I, our betting guide on the derby is outstanding, and it's got so much information in there because one of the things about the derby that I love, about horse racing that I love, and I don't bet, but I like be, I love looking at the horses. I love We got, what, three gray horses in the derby this year, which is incredible. But mm -hmm. I, to me, it's a lot like the draft, right? You study these horses – you know, and you study their times and you study their performances and you study, you know, what they do and how they like to run and where all that. And the Even betting the guide to me is so valuable for that. It's so valuable that it really helps you for $10. You can get yourself right into all the information. And instead of drinking mint juleps and acting like a fool and betting some stupid long shot, you might actually win something. 100% there. And if you're already a VEASAN subscriber, you get the guide for free. So that's awesome there. But if you have not subscribed, $9.99. Simple cost, $9.99. The VEASAN Kentucky Derby betting guide is fantastic. Uh, our buddy, who we've had on, we're going to have him on tomorrow, Mike Somich, over at uh, Racing Guide. He is the absolute best when it comes to the horses. And uh, he gave out a winner earlier today. Uh, I tailed him on this one. Smoking Tea was racing in the number three race over at the Kentucky Oaks. I texted Samich and I said, hey, man, thanks for the winner, buddy. It was a no sweat. And, uh, yeah, he's going to come on they, tomorrow. They say Hopefully the Oaks. Some other winners. They say the Oaks is incredible. My son Matthew, when he coached at Louisville, used to go to the Oaks and said it was like the best party of all the parties of the weekend. So, mm. you know, the Derby is – uh, it's going to be fun. The weather apparently is going to be really nice. Not much, no chance of rain. So it'll be fun. And hopefully they can figure out why these horses are dying there at, at, at Churchill Downs as well, which is terribly sad. Yeah. No, we have, a Skinner, I believe, has already been pulled out from this race there. And it's, yeah, the, some of the horses that have had issues out at Churchill Downs. But uh, we'll talk some Kentucky Derby coming up to start hour number two with our buddy Vinny Maiulo, Hall of Fame odds maker over at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to have our buddy Howard Eskin of 94 WIP. They're your friends over there at WIP, Michael, out there in Philadelphia. Yes, sir. Howard also contributes to Fox 29 locally there in the city of brotherly love. We'll talk Eagles and, of course, the Philadelphia 76ers. But for now, let's talk about the NFL. Yesterday, big day in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson had his press conference celebrating the five-year $260 million contract, $185 million guaranteed richest contract in NFL history. And I thought it was interesting because Lamar had this to say. He talked about how teams did, in fact, reach out to him during this process after the Ravens placed the non-exclusive franchise tag on him back in early March. And he said, though, he kind of remained focused on sticking with Baltimore. But here's Lamar in his own words at the press conference. And I want to get your reaction after we play this clip here of Lamar Jackson yesterday. With you, I really didn't care for other teams, really. I just really wanted to get something done here. Like, I wanted to be here. It was like, man, okay, other teams cool, but I want to be a Raven. Like, I said, I said some 2018, you know, I think it was April 26th, if I'm not mistaken. And I meant that, you know, I'm standing on that until I get it done. So I really wanted to get this done before anything, before I even want to, before my time up and branch off somewhere else, you know, I really want to finish my career here and win the Super Bowl here. So that's what I meant. Mm. You, you buying that one after the, all the, the ruckus of the th past three months between Lamar and the Ravens? Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, but he did get a really good contract. I mean, when you break down what he got in year one, he got $80 million in year one compared to what Jalen Hurts got 60. Now, year two, it kind of closes the gap a little bit. Hurts is going to end up with 102, and uh, and Jackson got 112. But I think these this contract went along the same lines. Now, you know, you can't use the Deshaun Watson contract in terms of cash flow as an example because his money's all guaranteed. So does it really matter when you get the money? It's all guaranteed. So cash flow is important when you don't have the fully buttoned up guaranteed deal. So and what you try to do on these five year deals is try to put as much money in the first three years as you possibly can. For example, Lamar's got one hundred and fifty six million in his first three years that he's going to earn. You know, Russell Wilson had 150. Jalen Hurts is 153. So that's really where the bulk of the money is, whereas Daniel Jones is only going to earn 112, you know, and then he becomes a free agent after year four. So I think to me, this will this contract is more readily available for Herbert and for Burrow because it's different than the Hertz contract and the way the money is spread and how it's handled. Now, I haven't seen the average cap per year. That hasn't come through yet. So we haven't seen the contract in its entirety to see because the Hertz contract really is very team friendly for, mm-hmm. for the cap in terms of the first few years. You know, I was listening to the press conference yesterday and Lamar Jackson. He was talking about how he had to put on like the agent cap and, and, and wore the business hat when he was doing this because famously Lamar Jackson does not have representation and he was asked about like how does he do that as a player and he talked about how hey like i i knew that i could not be sensitive going into this and i knew that like what is done in the business side of things is different than how they actually feel about me and so i I thought it was really i I kind of applaud lamar jackson like we knew that most times guys have agents so that they can just figure that stuff out they don't have to hear what's being said in all the negotiations but lamar was he was the face of it. He was representing himself, and and he knew the proper mindset going in of, all right, I can't take things personally. This is all just business, but ultimately we're going to try to get this business done despite the fact that he scrubbed his social media and didn't really uh, want to be with the Ravens to kind of ask for a trade request. <laughs> but really when you break his contract down, Femi, I mean he got $112 million upon signing, and he's going to earn $7.5 million in year one, okay? And so, you know, he lowered his cap number to $22 million. So – and then after year two, his guaranteed salary is, is $15 million and that's it. Then he has no more guarantees mm-hmm. after that. So, you know, now the contract, the paragraph five start to go up. But I thought he did a good deal. I mean, his cap number is $22 million this year. They picked up $10 million. Next year it goes back up to $33 million. But they, and they voided years. They put two ad, added years on this that will void. The largest base salary of this contract is in year 26 and 27, which is over, which is $51 million of paragraph five. Mm. That tells me the Ravens fully intend to try to go back to him after three years mm-hmm. and say, okay, here's where we are. Here's where we are. Because, you know, if they decide to move on from him after three years, it's fairly easy to get out of this deal. Well, in essence, then it's, it's not a fully buttoned up deal, but it's almost sounds like this is a pretty it's a three great year deal. deal. It's yeah. A th- it, it, it's really when you break it down, it's because he's got $100 million of this 260 sitting in year. Basically, he's got more than $100 million. Got, let's say he's got $102 million sitting in years four and five of the deal. It's a three-year deal. It's a three-year deal, basically, that he took. 
And he got $112 million of it, $112.5 million at signing. And he's got next year, he's got all of his paragraph five guaranteed. So the first two years, and then year three, he becomes uh, a little bit out there on an island. That would cost a lot of money to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. But they could trade him at that point. Now it has a no trade clause in it. Yep. Right. So he's got that guaranteed. He's got the no trade clause and also the no tag clause as well. So if they played out the five years, it couldn't be like, oh, we're going to franchise tag you again and ring around the rosy we go. So he is at least protected in that regard. But it almost feels like Lamar set himself up for those three years that you talked about to then go ahead and get another bite at the apple as well after those three years where he's still really young. I mean, he's 26 years old. Three years from now, he's 29 in the prime of his career. There's a good chance he gets another big contract afterwards. Right, and and he's probably going to get it within this contract because his cap number in 26 is $74 million. So... You know, I mean, they're going to have to redo yeah. that deal at that point and when he'll, when he'll trigger in an option because he's got a $75, $72 million signing uh, option guarantee, you know, that, that will get triggered in. Mm. And we'll talk some win totals, obviously, coming up later on. The NFL schedule comes out less than a week from now. Very excited for that date next Thursday. But how do you feel about Baltimore now that Lamar is buttoned up? He's in. He's got his deal. And they got an A for the draft. They I mean, the they got a, an A yeah. for. I mean, how could I not feel good about Baltimore? They got an A. Everything's going good for them. They got an A for because they got an A for the draft because they signed Lamar. I mean, isn't that impressive? <laughs> I, I, look, I think it's going to be. I don't know how, how good do you think Baltimore's going to be on defense. Look, here's the reality about Baltimore: they win games when Lamar plays quarterback. Mm-hmm. Say whatever you want about the guy; they win games when he plays quarterback. Yeah, and the win total sitting at nine and a half. I wouldn't play that under, especially if, if Lamar. I if would not play that under. Yeah. If, if he's able to stay healthy and let's say he plays 14, 15, 16 games, I think this is a 10-win team at minimum and a really good AFC. On the other side, Howard Eskin of 94 WIP and Fox 29 in Philadelphia will join us to talk the Eagles and Michael's beloved Philadelphia 76ers. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Are you ready for the most electric two minutes in sports? Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today for just $9.99 and get all access to everything we do, including our Kentucky Derby betting guide that is available now. We have profiles on the horses, jockeys, and trainers, so you know which horses are the favorites, the sleepers, and the long shots, plus best bets from Dave Tooley and other VEASAN experts to help you make the most out of your Kentucky Derby bets. This offer won't last long, so subscribe today for only $9.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe hanging out with Michael Lombardi back in New Jersey here. And we're kicking it on a Friday morning. And joining us right now, our next guest, Michael Lombardi, said earlier this month before the NFL draft that he would retire if the Philadelphia Eagles drafted B. John Robinson 10th overall. Now, thankfully, the Atlanta Falcons took him at number eight so that we can have him on here, and he's not somewhere sitting on a beach somewhere off in a tropical land. It is Howard Eskin, 94 WIP and Fox 29. Howard Eskin, how we doing, man? It's, we're, we're, we're glad the Eagles did not take Bijan so we can get you on the show this morning. You know what? You could have got me on anyway, but it's because I've never had a bad day in my life, whether it's working or on a beach not working, but that was Never, when I repeat, never going to happen. I don't care if Bichon wasn't stupidly and ridiculously taken with the eighth pick to take a running back for a team that, no wonder they, the Atlanta Falcons suck. Uh, 
So, <laughs> but if he got the 10, if he got the 10, they still weren't taking him. I'm telling you, that's not their philosophy. Hey, if you look at their history, I mean, I know I'm going longer than this than you wanted to. You look at their history. They won the Super Bowl in 2017. They picked up two running backs before the season. Got him for J.J. He stayed a year and a half. Like Eric Blunt was just that year. And then they moved on. It's last year, Miles Sanders on the last year of his contract. They got, and this is what was uh, incredible, they get DeAndre Swift. They give a fourth-round pick for next year where they have like 11 or 12 uh, picks. But then if they don't sign him on the, after his last year, they get a compensatory pick, probably uh, at least the same, and they gave up nothing. And all they need is solid backs because of their line. But they were never taking Bijan, and I wasn't going to have to retire. So (laughs) that's out of of the mix. You know, Howard, I agree. I think that logic gets lost in a lot of people, that the fact that you take a guy in his last year of his deal and people are like, oh, my God, he's in his last year. But, you know, you get a chance to examine him. You get a chance to decide whether you want to extend him. And then if you don't and he's got this incredible, you know, salary out there and somebody's going to pay him, then you can pick up a competitor, even if they get a fifth. So, for me, it's it's like it was a no-lose. I, I worry – I don't know, to me, it, since the Eagles gave up a low fourth-round pick, which is essentially a fifth, there must have not been a lot of action for Swift because, to me, he's too good of a player when he plays to, to not have at least more interest than a late fourth. I know it doesn't make any difference that he's from Philadelphia, but he went to high school here. Uh, that's good. I'm sure he'll be ex- – I know he's excited because he, he spoke uh, the yes- yesterday or the day before. Excited to come back. But Dalvin Cook's out there, too. Minnesota made it really, I don't know if they were asking for too much. Uh, it's similar. I mean, he played all 17 games last year, Dalvin Cook. Uh, he rushed for 1,200 yards. Uh, those are the kind of backs that the Eagles look for. But you're right, Swift is a solid, good back. But there's not a lot of action for running backs, and why would there be? It's not, I mean, the, the Giants, the, the idiots that they were taking Saquon Barkley at number two, uh, and and now he's never going to get another. He, he, you know, they they wanted to franchise him, but he's never going to get a long term contract from the Giants. And I don't know if he's going to get it from anybody else. And that's just the way it is with running backs. Hey, this is the line I use. I don't know if you ever heard it, Mike. Uh, you go out and shake a tree, and now that the trees are blooming. 20 running backs will fall out that you can put in. <laughs> running backs fall out of the trees. But no three techniques or offensive linemen. I'm with you. I mean, when Atlanta, the guy's 60 miles up the road, they don't. They have every defensive lineman's over 30 years old, and they take a running back, of which is the only position they had strength in. It made no sense in terms of team building, but that's the Atlanta Falcons. They drafted a tight They call him a tight end. He's a wide receiver, Kyle Pitts. Even Femi knows he's a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Then they draft Drake London, another wide receiver, and then they draft a running back. I mean, they're going to play seven. They'll win the seven-on-seven league next year. I mean, it'll be perfect. I, and that's why that team, as long as they operate the way they do, they will never get back to a Super Bowl. And it's kind of a shame because Matt Ryan, his only chance, well, now he's not with them anymore, but their only chance to win a Super Bowl. Uh, and Kyle Shanahan, and I still still blame him for not running the ball three times and kicking a field goal. But I go back to that. But the Falcons, you know, a broken clock's right twice a day. 
But I don't know if the Falcons are going to get to that second time. <laughs> so it's just that's why they are what they are. We're speaking with Howard Eskin, host over at 94 WIP Radio in Philadelphia, also contributor to Fox 29 out there in the city of brotherly love. Well, Howard, what do you make of the rest of the Eagles draft here? Because Jalen Carter, who they picked at number nine, Nolan Smith they picked at the end of the first round. What do you make of this whole draft class and how they can help this team moving forward here in 2023? You know what? I can't, I can't find out. Nolan Smith, with all the brilliant mock drafters that are out there, had Nolan Smith going anywhere between 8 and, let's say, 14. And then he gets to 30. And it looks great. At 30, he's probably a value pick. Uh, so I can't figure it out. Is it his size? You know, there's something there. But when you look at their draft, every team's happy with their draft. But I think the Eagles uh, clearly should be happy with their draft. Jalen Carter, obviously there's some, there's some issues there. But as far as talent, he's good. And they hope they can keep him uh, in the straight line and, and do what they know he can do uh, physically and on the football field. But if you look at the draft, I mean, they, got, they didn't draft a running back, which they were never going to do. Uh, they got defensive backs. Uh, they, they, they covered the areas, and Mike, I don't know if you agree with it, they cover the areas that win on football teams. First of no all, doubt. The offensive defensive line, outside in, whether it's corners, uh, defensive ends, offensive uh, people, and they, uh, they, needed a, they needed a right guard. Uh, we'll see if the right guard, uh, what's his name, Steen. I'll tell you this. The uh, offensive line coach, Jeff Stoutman, who does a terrific job, really liked Steen. Really, really did like him. So when you look at their draft, they covered some needs. It's, if you do 55% uh, in the draft, you're doing pretty good. And it looks like they could be uh, easily in that area of success for those draft picks. Well, speaking of 55%, our, our boy, Joel Embiid, MVP, best player in the league, returns. They lose by 30. I've never seen that before. But tonight's the big award night, Howard. I'm sure you'll be there as they give him the award to win the MVP. Uh, what's your sense of this one? To me, the lock of the week was game two. There was no way when Embiid came back, that was a lock. They were going to lose. Tonight, what's your perspective? You know, it's funny you said that because I said on the air before the game, before we knew – he absolutely was going to play. I said the 76ers have zero, zero chance of winning if MB plays in the game. Not only do they lost by 30-some points. Uh, yeah, I, I, if they get energized because of an award, that's a mistake. Because the, Bar- the Boston Celtics obviously woke up. And they have times where they, it seems like they did against Atlanta. They did in game one. They're a very good team. They're a really good team. Uh, I think it's a split in Philadelphia. I don't know which game either team will win, but if I had to take, if I had to take a team tonight, I would take the Celtics, and then the Sixers have to be desperate and then win on Sunday. Only because the Celtics now know what they have to do. I, it's just it's interesting that the Sixers' offense runs so much better, which and it's crazy to say because we know how talented. <laughs> They run so much better. It's without so true. It's so it's true. Up. Hey, I look at this. In the game that they won, the first game, I mean, Paul Reed's a backup center. Uh, but 
He had zero turnovers. I know he doesn't handle the ball as much as Embiid. Zero turnovers, 13 rebounds. When's the last time? I don't think that's ever happened for Joel Embiid, ever. He has five, six turnovers himself. The team only had six in the game. Uh, it's just, and he, you know, he'll rebound, you know, he'll get 10, 11 rebounds, but he's not a rebounder. It, and the offense just kind of stands still. It goes to he or James Harden, and that's not the way to run their offense. And it just stands still. But without MB, the ball, it was really good ball movement. The ball moves around. It, it's just, yeah. it's crazy to say that, but that's the reality of the situation. If you're objective, that's the reality. If you're into that, Joel, Joel's the greatest basketball player in the history of basketball, you don't see this. But you're right, Howard. I appreciate you for coming on, Howard. At least we have a voice of reason here. Femi, are you listening to what this man said? I'm listening. I'm listening. Uh, the Philadelphia don't 76ers. Tell you're, don't tell me you're an Embiid fan, please. <laughs> no, I'm not an Embiid fan. But I did win money on him winning MVP. So he has a soft spot oh. in my heart. He is Howard Eskin, 94 WIP in Philly. Also, Fox 9. Howard, we appreciate it. On the other side side no way no doubt next here on the Lombardi there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you coming and when you get access to resi priority notify with your amex platinum card hey this looks amazing i'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through amex travel it's worth the trip that's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. The first inning is unpredictable, but you can place a no-run first inning wager with confidence at BetMGM. Make a no-run first inning prop bet on any Friday MLB game, and if only one run is scored in the first, you'll get your stake back in bonus bets up to $20. Take big swings all season long with BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Log into your account or sign up with BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager new and existing customer offer. Opt-in required. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, and New York. 
Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. He's Michael Lombardi back in the Garden State, the great New Jersey. I'm Femi Abedfe hanging out here in the land of the lost. Just kidding. Or in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, <laughs> hanging out at the Circle Resort and Casino. Uh, we just had Howard Eskinon of 94 WIP Radio in Philadelphia, also of Fox 29. Uh, Howard, no shortage of takes coming from Howard. Excellent stuff there. As uh, I, I appreciated his insight on the Philadelphia 76ers. He's echoing a lot of the stuff that you've been saying about Joel Embiid there. That, uh, yeah, he's a great player, talented, but doesn't really, really kind of... It, it, it's, it's almost like we're leaving I mean, some meat on the bone. Well, all... All everybody talks about is how you know they don't have a, the, he doesn't have the right supporting cast, and yet I mean last night, I mean the other night that they had like three assists in the first half. They don't move the ball, the ball is dominant. I mean they can't seem to get it all working, and and he is truly you know he plays from the fifteen point line out, so it's a challenge. He's not like a second. He doesn't get down in the low post. You know, it is what it is. I mean, you know, yeah, he won the MVP. I, I, to me, I don't know how a guy whose team finished third overall is the MVP. I, I thought MVP was for the best team, the best player on the best team, but he won it. I think he was really happy about winning it. Yeah. I think that's really important. Now we'll see what he does tonight. I mean, the last time they gave an MVP trophy out at the Wells Fargo Center, uh, they gave it to Iverson, and I think then – they went out, and Iverson put 40-some points on Toronto and dominated the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see if Embiid is able to do something similar like that against the Boston That's what Celtics. MVPs do. That is what MVPs do. That's what MVPs do. do. You know, they I... go out and dominate the game, and they take it <laughs> over. But you know, and, but we'll, after this game tonight, if they lose, we'll hear about how you know, it, we don't have, they don't have the right supporting cast around them, and you know, it's, it's hard, and yada, 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 yada. We're going to get to no way, no doubt here in just a little bit, but I wanted to make this point. And I was watching the Inside the NBA crew. They do a fantastic job, obviously, breaking down all the playoff games. And I believe it was Charles Barkley that was making the point about Embiid, about how the Sixers' defense, despite Embiid being a really good defender uh, at the rim, their defense against the Boston Celtics kind of falls off when he's on the floor because Boston kind of plays that five out. Like, Horford's not going down to the block to go post up. He's outside shooting, and Embiid's not going to really go out to the perimeter to go defend them. So it almost makes them easier... Uh, to to kind of break down defensively when he's on the floor versus in game one when it was more of a smaller lineup for Philadelphia and they were able to kind of go out and contest some of those perimeter jump shots. And they're better in transition when he's not on the floor. Yeah. Their transition defense is better because he only runs from the free from the three point line to now look, we we're not saying he's not a talented player. I, I respect his talent. I respect his his ability to score the basketball and his rim protection. But the, today's game isn't that any longer. And so, yeah, Horford goes out there and, you know, the ball's never really in the low post. And he and, and as Howard said, he turns the ball over quite a bit. Now, he's really improved his ability to pass out of the post or pass out of the 15 point. But he, he's not Jokic passing now. It's not that. No. Turns the ball over quite a bit. And and it, and it's problematic, and then they don't get back on defense. And the, Boston knows when he's out there to run. That was the thing that was interesting in game one. They didn't run, you know, and, and they, they played a little bit to where Philly could set their defense. I agree. Paul Paul Reed should play more minutes. Think he, you know, but he, he knows his role. The problem is when you have Harden and Embiid, you have two guys who really don't, you know, Embiid wants to be the star. Harden's trying to just give out assists. It's hard. Yeah, B-Ball Paul, which is a really cool nickname also. <laughs> uh, he plays really hard out there for the Philadelphia 76ers. Though. But last point on this before we get to No Way, No Doubt. I, I did think it was really cool to see Embiid's reaction to winning the MVP award. Everything aside, like I thought that was really cool. I mean, he's, I mean, 
basketball without borders and everything coming over from Cameroon to now winning the MVP. It's a really great story, especially with the way his career started, missing those first two seasons with the knee injury. We'll see what he does tonight as they give him the, uh, the coronation that he has been long after winning the NBA's Most Valuable Player Award. All right, let's get to no way or no doubt. And this one brings us back to Baltimore, where the Ravens, in addition to signing Lamar Jackson to that five-year, $260 million contract, they also made a fundamental change to their offense, plucking Georgia offensive coordinator Todd Munkin and bringing him back to the NFL to now be their offensive coordinator after they parted ways with Greg Roman. And Lamar had this to say about the new offense and also the new pass catchers that he now has in Baltimore. I'm very easily for to be honest with you. You know, I, I told, I think I told someone like, man, I want to throw for like 6,000 yards with the weapons we have. <laughs> like, you know, and I'm, I'm not an individual award type of guy or a stat watcher, you know, I just want to do that, you know, because no one ever done it. And I feel like we have the weapons to do it. You know, we got explosive guys. Um, and like Coach said, Nelson, you know, the new addition, um, Zay, OBJ, and we got Bateman going to be 100% healthy, dude, going to be healthy, you know. So it's going to – can't forget about Mark. I can't forget about my boy Mark. <laughs> and, you know, likely. So it's just can't wait to get rolling. So I ask you this, Michael Lombardi. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson will have a career-best year passing in 2023, no way or no doubt. No way. I, I think they missed the boat. I think they should have drafted Kincaid, the tight end. I know they like likely, and I do too. But when you break down the inside passing of their team, and he just mentioned Andrews, and likely the fourth-round pick in 22 is important you know, to get there. Uh, that's where he wants to throw the football. Where he wants to throw the ball is in the middle of the field, and I think he can do that. And I think that Lamar can throw it more effectively than most people think. But to I think what they do well because of their offensive line is they need to be able to run block and have run play action. And it's hard to throw for 6,000 yards when you have a career year when you're trying to throw play action all the time. So I would say no way on that. I like Kincaid as an added. I would be in three tight. The best season he had is when he had those two tight ends. He had Andrews and he had Hunter Hunter Hurst. Hayden Hurst, excuse me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what they need to duplicate. But aren't you at least intrigued by what this passing game might be? Because we were very critical of the Greg Roman passing attack and how it was archaic. It feels like with Todd Munkin that they're now going to enter into what I like to call the 21st century with a passing game. Like This is going to be a little bit more modern. I'm very fascinated to see what this looks like with Lamar and Munkin, this relationship now. I'm interested to see what the run game is going to look like, right? I mean, because the one thing Roman could do was run the ball. Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see all of that, right? And I think his, you know, Moncton comes back into the NFL, the protection. I mean, this is going to be, what is he going to, to me, this isn't Monk. This shouldn't be a Moncton offense. This should be a Lamar offense. It should be him under center more. It should be more play action. It should be outside and inside zone. It should be the ability, it should be Shanahan's offense is really what it should be. All right, let's get on to our next quarterback. This one over in Indianapolis. I know our producer, Elliot Bowman, big Colts fan. He's going to be listening closely to this one. Uh, There's been a lot of debate about Anthony Richardson, the fourth overall pick, and his inexperience coming out of Florida. Only started 13 starts for the Gators down in Gainesville. What's the best way to kind of develop him? Do you play him, or do you let him sit behind Gardner Minshew? So this is the prompt. Anthony Richardson, Michael, will start more than half of the Colts games in 2023, no way, no doubt. I, I Based on what I read, based on what I heard after the draft, there's no doubt he's going to start. They're going to play him. They're going to run the six-back offense. They're going to live and die with him. 
and I'm sure they're going to build along with it, you know, try to run the ball, do the things. But I think they are going to get him out there and try to get him that experience so that they're building for a future and they can see his talent on the field. I think there's no doubt he's going to start more games next year than I would anticipate. I don't think he's ready to do it, but listening to what they said, my opinion doesn't matter. Theirs does. I think he's going. there's no doubt he's going to start more than half the games. But is it possible to get ready from the bench and, and get experience no. in that way? Because not I, in the six play. back offense. Not in this six back offense. I mean, that's what they're going to run. And so, do they change the offense and go to Minshew's not a six back offense guy? No. So you got you know if you're going to develop what you're going, it's a little bit. Uh, let's go back to when Tom Landry took over the Dallas Cowboys as an expansion team, and he put the flex defense in. And everybody then, without, you know, we didn't have Twitter then or we didn't have 24-hour news cycle. Everybody then that covered the team said, Coach Landry, this is really, you don't have the talent to run the scheme. And he said, look, we're going to run the scheme so everybody knows the scheme so that we play when we have the talent, we'll be ready. I think this is a little bit the case. I don't agree with playing this kid, but if you're going to be a six-back a team, you got to do it. I believe Anthony Richardson is around 10-1, to 9-1 to 1 to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Might be lofty given the lack of experience that he has, but if he's a quarterback that's playing out there, then maybe those odds should be a little shorter than they are as of now. That is it for hour number one. Hour number two begins with our buddy Vinny Maiulo, Hall of Fame oddsmaker at the South Point Hotel Casino, joining us next here on the Lombardi Line. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.